Super Talk Mississippi media production. Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at theblackshepboutiquetupelo.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio with us. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can catch us every day on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You can also take your browser to supertalktv.com, and you can watch good things on your computer or your mobile device. If you're looking for something fun to do this weekend, maybe with a little spooky twist, but not too spooky. You've got Boo at the Mississippi Aquarium happening, and joining us to tell us a little bit more about this fun event is Miss Meredith Horn. Hey, Meredith. Hello, hello. How are you? Is the the aquarium transforming into a spooky underwater experience? We are, and also very family-friendly, of course. <laughs> yes, we of are course. pretty excited. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like it's going to be a jam-packed weekend of lots of things with Boo at the Mississippi Aquarium. So, or I guess it's Boo at the MSAQ. I keep wanting to say Boo at the zoo, but a zoo's for dry land animals. Aquariums are for wet ones. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, what else going on? Oh, we are so excited. So new this year, our Halloween event start um of course this weekend but we will have scheduled trick-or-treating um which we're really excited about we will also have a scheduled underwater pumpkin carving experience that guests can enjoy our aquarists are going to dive under the water about 27 feet and uh carve some pumpkins for us now that's kind of interesting i wonder how will they you know, I just got to experience that over the weekend with my kids carving the pumpkins, a, tr- a tradition for many yeah. families. But I don't know if most of us, you know, we hold our breath, but that's because our kids have sharp objects, not because yep. we're underwater. <laughs> so how do you get the pumpkin to not float to the top? You've got to do most of the dirty work in advance. So you got to scoop it all out first and kind of create the template. But as soon as they dive down, they'll... Um, They'll do the carving part, and then they'll weigh it down with, you know, some rocks or something like that. And uh, it's really fun to watch the fish and the the animals kind of interact with the pumpkins after they're done. So they'll leave those leave those pumpkins in the water for a little bit for the animals to enjoy. Now, I know our leftover pumpkins can be good treats for deer and sort of other wildlife if we have that kind of uh, uh, habitat behind our home or if we take it to deer camp. So you're telling me that the fish and the turtles and all the things at the aquarium, they like to nibble on pumpkin too? They absolutely do. They absolutely do. And you can come see and see that in Uh, for yourself this weekend okay that's really neat another part that i love about any time the aquarium has events y'all tie in so beautifully educational opportunities uh for the whole family so what can families also be learning about this weekend 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. We are actually um, welcoming Mississippi State Extension Office to join us as well, and they will be teaching about all things bats. So they're an incredible animal, and they will um, will have lessons about bats. Um, we will also have lessons, of course, about all the animals, river otters, of course, the aquatic life, saltwater fish, freshwater fish. Um, you can learn all about birds. We also will have a creepy crawly opportunity for those really daring families um, where folks can put a Madagascar hissing cockroach on their shoulder and take a photo. (laughs) So if you're really feeling up for it, that will be an opportunity as well. You know, Meredith, there'll be one less body in that line (laughs) come Saturday or Sunday, and that will be me not standing there. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> but I can see where that is definitely a unique experience that you can't get just anywhere. So that's a taste of something you can get only at the Mississippi Aquarium. I see there's so many other things going on as well in terms of activities and presentations. So what do you have lined up? Yeah, so during the day we have, of course, our daily chats and our daily presentations. We have a dolphin uh, presentation that starts at about 1230. Um, So folks can come and watch the dolphins in action and learn all about them. And of course, their conservation, because that's a huge part of what we do. Um, Down the road, we've got Otter Trotter, which is just an incredible event on Thanksgiving Day. And then we're also ramping up all of our December holiday festivities as well. We're already talking about December. Wow. I mean, I guess it's like it's, you know, it's just a hurt. Poor turkey. Do y'all doing anything for Thanksgiving? You got to do something for the turkey or are we just hopping right over that? I'm sorry. What was that? I missed the question. I I said usually the poor turkey. We just hop right over Thanksgiving and we head just straight, you know, into into the holidays, which I can understand. But I see this um, Halloween Croc Quest. I want to make sure that I say that slowly and correctly. Is this a costume contest or what is this? This is um, something we started last year, which was a huge hit. So families and kids and, you know, adults of all ages, of course, can come and enjoy. We put our croc sculptures in costume and they are scattered all throughout our campus. And so when you come, you can come and enjoy a scavenger hunt and see if you can find every single one of them. Um, they've got funny little pun names like Davy Crockett. We have Bob Croc, which is a play on Bob Ross. Um, but they are all in costume, and it's it's quite a bit of fun. My favorites count Crocula. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just see you guys sitting around in team meeting, just having the best time trying to figure out how how uh, uh, to name to name them all. Taco Croco. <laughs> yep, yep. And then there's a uh, little Mur Croc. We um, do a lot of monarch butterfly conservation and research, and so we had to create a moncroc butterfly this year. So <laughs> You can tell there's just a, something for everyone in the family there at the Mississippi Aquarium all year long. Y'all do a great job of trying to tie in whatever's going on in terms of the season into what you have going on there at the aquarium. I see, too, here you have some trick-or-treating. So can kids bring their little buckets or have little bags there and take home some candy? Yes, we encourage folks to bring their own bags and, of course, encourage costumes. Um, and, yes, they will, we will have scheduled trick-or-treating on Saturday and Sunday. So lots to do. Good reasons to get out and enjoy something different. If you're looking for maybe not your everyday trunk-or-treat sort of experience, this would definitely be it. So is this just Saturday and Sunday, Meredith? 
It is. So it's just October 29th and October 30th. And then the full schedule um, can be seen on our website. So we definitely encourage that just so you don't miss anything. All righty. Well, I appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing the animals enjoy their pumpkins. I think that's the that to me that would get me down there. The hissing cockroach will be a short line in terms of me not being in it, but it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, we're we're definitely looking forward to it this year. All righty. Well, Meredith, I can't wait to see what you guys have geared up for the holidays, but one at a time. So let's enjoy Boo at MSAQ coming up this weekend. Thank you. Thank you. How cool is that? You know, I really knew that the deer and I guess other other wildlife really do enjoy your pumpkins. So if your kids have taken the time to carve their masterpieces, and you know, once you start carving the pumpkins, their lifespan starts to wilt after, you know, they don't last quite as long. And and really, we kind of gambled it by doing it this past weekend. My daughter was just itching to get out there and actually uh, get in there and get it done. So ours may not even really make it. All the way to Halloween, we may uh, see that. But if you live in an area where you don't have neighbors right behind you or can do it, um, throw in chunking them into, you know, into the forest, the, the wildlife really do like it. I had no idea that your sharks and your fish and your turtles, too, would kind of like it. I mean, I guess it's a natural food going back into a natural setting. Why wouldn't they like to nibble on a little pumpkin or pumpkin seeds? One thing we did different this year is we actually saved, and last night we roasted our pumpkin seeds. I've got an easy recipe offline. We did uh, cinnamon and sugar and butter, a little vanilla extract, and I was like, ah, we're just going to be doing this to appease the daughter because she just had to do it. They're really good. They're really crunchy, which I knew they were. I've had pumpkin seeds before. They're, you know, a little bigger than your sunflower seeds, not quite as Rich and buttery as a sunflower seed would kind of give you that taste. So don't don't think that's necessarily a replacement. But if you're looking for a fun activity and don't want to waste, look it up. I mean, you can Google it. It took 30 minutes of our time, few ingredients you probably already have in your pantry, and you can continue the fun activity uh, with the pumpkin carving. Did you grow up carving pumpkins, Rhino? Every once in a while. We were big pumpkin painters. We, I, you know, I did a few, but not nearly. But I also, I'm not not creative, but I'm not as artsy as my oldest. She just lends to that. And so she looks forward to it every year. And I posted a picture online, which I can share it into the Good Things Facebook group, too, for you guys to see. Y'all, she did Mike, what's his name? From, um. Mike Swazowski. Yes. And she she did a phenomenal job. I had to help a little bit around some of the trickier corners because I lost the easy tools. We had to use an actual knife, and so that made things a little bit harder. But y'all are so proud of her. It's amazing what your kids can do with sharp objects and a pumpkin. All right, stick with us. We're going to keep with the spooky topic. i got a cool story for you coming up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. 
You can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even watch good things live on Seaspire TV. If you got it, then we're on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. Right now, the weather looks good for upcoming Halloween. That's about less than a week away. And we have been highlighting all the spooky areas throughout the state. And I couldn't let the season go by without talking about Mississippi's most named Mississippi's most haunted house. That's the McRaven Home in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Joining us to tell us a little bit more is Michael. I know he's one of the tour guides there. Hey, Michael. Hey, how's it going? It is going well. You sound extra chipper to give tours in a really ghostly haunted haunted house. So I'm in, I'm impressed by that. Oh yeah, uh, I, I love working at the house. I'm I'm a professional ghost hunter anyhow, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, I think that's up for, you know, debate, depending on what you, what your idea of fun is. But, no, I think this is a wonderful historic home. It's been featured nationally for years, um, um, putting a spotlight there in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and the Civil War sort of era and all the things around it. So how do you describe the McRaven House to those who come for a tour? The the one thing we tell everybody is the house is a time castle. If itself was built in three distinct sections uh over 225 years and during that time it's uh it's had a whole cast of kooks and characters living in its walls over the years uh it started off as a bandit hideout i will later become a town home and a field hospital during the siege so it has a long and storied history behind it so do you know when it was first, the first phase was built? Do you know about a date for that? Uh, yes, ma'am. It, was, it would have been originally built in 1797, the first section would be. Uh, then the later sections would be added in 1836 and in 1849. And when you mention a uh, time capsule, is that when people go through the tours, or is it still set up kind of as those eras throughout the phases, or did it kind of just morph into the latter phase throughout the house? It actually, uh, it maintains its original architectural styling throughout, so each section looks how it would have originally. And we've done a pretty good job of making sure each section has, like, furniture from around those time periods as well. So it's not just a saying of, like, it was built like this. No, it, it's maintained those three time periods all throughout it. When in its history did the McRaven House, and has it always been the McRaven? You may can tell us the backstory of its name, the McRaven, if it was the owner or maybe if it's tied to, to something there. Um, when did it start getting wind maybe in the community or whoever was passing through that maybe it's a little lively? Maybe there's something else going on within the walls. So the... Name itself, we actually get the name, uh, it used to be our own street address. Uh, we used to be on McRaven Avenue. Uh, we were 313, if that helps in any way, shape, or form. But, uh, <laughs> it makes it a little bit spookier. But, uh, we would originally start getting, like, reports of it being haunted. Uh, around the 1970s, when we first started running tours of the home, but the first documented ghost story actually comes from 1864 during the Union occupation over the town. Uh, and who the is that ghost? A, and who huh? would be the? Who would be? Or do you know? Do you know who the ghosts are supposed to be? Do they have? 
names or sort of identities, or is it still just sort of part of the story of the McRaven home? Well, that's the thing. Uh, uh, we actually have a few of them narrowed down. Uh, I could give you a full list. There's John Bob, Harry Murray, William Murray, Mary Elizabeth Howard, Andrew Glass. Uh, they all have their own distinct personalities and uh, things that they do. We also have a slew of soldiers because House was a field hospital during the siege, and it still today is uh, a cemetery for them. Uh, there's still a grave site on the side of the house for the Confederate soldiers who fought there. So has anybody figured out, Michael, I mean, it can't be the only old structure that's ever, you know, survived a couple hundred years, but it feels like maybe it's just a soft spot for those that are lingering between, you know, the here and the thereafter. Is there a reason why the, you know, the the list is long on, on perceived ghosts that are hanging around? I personally, Scott, and a lot of the people at the house believe this too. It has to do with they experience very traumatic things during their time. The McRaven House kind of has a sad history behind it. Uh, We have one lady who passed away in childbirth there. That's Miss Mary Andrew Glass. He was a highway robber, and he would uh, be murdered by his wife. John would be the first civilian casualty during the siege in the siege of Vicksburg. It was already a horrific time for the soldiers who still walked the grounds. So I, I think ultimately it really does have to do with there was something traumatic that happened to them during their lives that somehow bound them to the house. So let's talk about the tours because they're made famous. People come from all over to Vicksburg just to visit the McRaven house. I know this is y'all's busiest time of year, obviously, because it lends to Halloween. But you do tours throughout the year as well. Walk us through that. What happens if you come to visit the home? Well, we do we do run history tours and we also run haunted tours all all through the weekends. Uh, and our candlelight tours for Halloween, the history tours, you get to learn a lot about Vicksburg itself, antiques around the home. You get to learn about the architectural stylings and the Civil War era stuff that we have around the house. The haunted tours, they're a lot spookier. We'll darken down the lights and we'll tell you the story of how everyone passed away and all the strange phenomena that they've been doing while they're here. Uh, something like some things that were so bad it actually drove the previous caretaker of the house to abandon the McRaven home. And then, of course, there's our candlelight tours, which is our big Halloween event where we dress up like the former residents of the house and uh, we tell you ghost stories from their point of view, which is also a lot of fun. I love doing those. Michael, what draws a young man to the McRaven house to to lead tours? You said you're interested in, you know, sort of the paranormal or the ghosts. Like, how did you get connected to this? Well, I I'd always been fan uh, that someone uh, on the ghost hunt that we run. So that's really what drew me there. But we also have people who come to the house solely because they're fascinated by history and Vicksburg as a whole, like. I 
We got a little bit of technical difficulty there with Michael. We'll try to reconnect with him if we can. But, yes, everyone would know that Vicksburg has rich history when it comes to the Civil War and the fact that it's right there on the mighty Mississippi. So it was a great stopping point for many people traveling through and around. So you can imagine all the mischief or things that might could or could not have gone on. Do we have Michael back? Hey, Michael. Hey. You know, technology's great until it's not, right? I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it's one of your friends there at the house that was like, you don't need to be telling all of our stories that we're messing <laughs> up up your line. They need to come out and sort of see the house for themselves. So if we want to book a tour or we want to come and do that, Michael, how do, how do we get in touch with the McRaven house? The easiest way is to try calling the home. Our, uh, uh, our phone number is listed on Google on the website. You can also uh, look for tickets on our website, McRaventourHome.com. Uh, but uh, you can also simply call the house and be happy to set y'all up. So you get to dress up as somebody for the candlelight tour. Who will you be, Michael? I get to be Andrew Glass, the pioneer outlaw who built the first end of the house. Cool. And how long was he associated with the house? How many years? Quite a long time. So he built it in 17... Ooh, that's math I haven't had to do in a long while. It's 1797 to 1823. He would have died in 1823. Yeah. Uh, math hard. So 20, 30, 30 years at most, I think. Yeah, about 30 years, yeah. For me and you both, yes, math is hard. We'll just guesstimate with it, but it sounds good. But back in those days, man, 30 years is a really long, you know, it's a much longer time even in, in terms of today. Well, I think it's fascinating. I think people should know their history and know these opportunities to pop in or learn more. And so that's the McRaven home there in Vicksburg. What's the uh, website again, Michael? McRavenTourHome.com. All righty, I appreciate your time. See, now that's one of the tours that I would go do. I probably wouldn't do a haunted house or something that's going to jump out and scare me. But listen to how, like, ridiculous that is for me to say. I won't go through where there's actually people who you know is behind the mask. But line me up and send me through a haunted house where if I do get tickled or touched, it's probably something really from the other side. But then you would rationalize it out, right, Rano? Like, if you felt like something tickled your back of your neck you'd be like that was just the wind right of course it was i don't know it's been around for a while all right stick with us we've got more good talk for you coming up next Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly... Rana, you proved our conversation a few days back here on Good Things about... We talked about the songs that would get folks on the dance floor. 
thriller. So I was at a trunk or treat here um, that a church put on, and at the very end of it, I thought it was really creative. They blasted a thriller over the loudspeakers, and it was ended up being and it. I mean, I'm sure the people who are working at the trunk or treat were all in on it because they were in their costumes. They all came from their cars and they all went to the, you know, like minded area and just started doing thriller. But what was so cool is all the kids, including my, my 10 year olds, like, where did you learn thriller? What were you listening to? Who is teaching you these things? But yet somehow it transcends all the generations. And then you have this great moment of like, and it was not in sync necessarily or done perfectly but they caught on to it pretty quickly and so of course they played it again to allow for the um for them to sort of enjoy it the second time but it was a really neat ending to sort of I see mean, everybody can do the shoulder shrugs. and then you know kind of like and with the with the music and so that made me think of it and i was like that was a really cool way to bring everybody together they're right at the end and it goes to show certain songs man they just get you out and uh, they get you get you moving. If you want to get out and get moving, you can join the Gallo Show. He's going to be at the Mississippi Coliseum in Jackson coming up on Thursday. It's the annual Mississippi Economic Council's Hop Knob. This is the biggest gathering for mo- movers, shakers, and playmakers from across the state. It's the number one gathering place for networking with statewide pol- political and business leaders. For more information about this year's Hopknob, go to register at mec.ms. And I'm tickling myself because I wanted to get through it to say, wouldn't it be great if they played Thriller and had like a a Thriller flash mob there at the Hopknob? I think that would be, it would be entertaining to say the least. I bet it would go viral. So if you're, if you're putting easily. Putting together the hobnob and you're listening to good things, write that down. Take it for free. You want to make a splash, just turn it on and see. You'd have my vote if you get out there and you give a good a good whirl at the at the thriller there on the stage at Hobnob. I think it would lighten the mood. Something else that would lighten the mood would be hitting the jackpot. It has surpassed half a billion dollars for the second time this year. I think I read where it's now the seventh largest Powerball. Something like that. In history, right? I mean, at what point does it, like, Powerball is Powerball, and if you win it, I mean, it's it's great. Man, I got the seventh one. Oh, I got the fifth one. You wonder if they put all the Powerball. They should have, they should get together, have an annual retreat. What have you done with your Powerball winnings? You're in small minority people who know what it's like to have your numbers read aloud. This is like a million-dollar idea. Why are you giving it away for free? These people are rich. We could do this. <laughs> we could totally do And would have them do Thriller with all of their cash. I bet they would be excited to do that, uh, do that for you. Um, but Monday night's Powerball drawing surpassed the half a billion dollar. It's currently sitting at an estimated $625 million. And the cash value of that's like two hundred ninety nine point eight million, and so that's so yeah. So you got to be in it to win it. So go and donate to the Mississippi Roads and Bridges Fund, and see if you can't walk away with the Powerball winning winning numbers. Uncle Sam just sitting over there rubbing his hands. Ooh, more taxes. Ooh, more taxes. You know, though, I don't want to be that person that would be mad about having to pay taxes if I won the Powerball. So I will be a cheerful giver in writing that check. If you look at how much, you just have to stay focused on how much you're bringing in, not how much you're giving away. I have always said, though, and I don't know why they don't do this, why you out of your paychecks, well, not all paychecks, but majority of paychecks, you you don't ever, you just get your stuff and you see, oh, taxes, thanks. You didn't, 
You didn't trust me to pay it? You just took it. I appreciate that. Cool. Like, you need to do that with the lottery to make the poor person have to sit there and write out that check and have to wrestle with that you know, voice in their head that's trying to convince them that they can get away with it or go put it in coffee cans or somehow they'll put it off till next year. You know, no, every every smart person would be like, your name is blasted all over the Internet. Like, Just got to make it to a non-extradition country. <laughs> the, those uh, bank funds or bank whatever routes, they're not for normal people. So if you don't know, then you can't get one after you won the lottery. If you weren't sort of grandfathered into those kind of bank accounts through marriage or birth, then they don't exist for you. So you're going to have to pay your taxes. So I need them to go ahead and set it up automatically so I don't have to pull the trigger. I can just focus on the check that's sort of coming in. So I mentioned, don't forget the 10% to the church. Well, I think that would be a more of a cheer, cheer, cheerful. That's a hard word on a Tuesday afternoon. Cheerful giver. I'd rather choose. Oh, I'd much rather give 10% to the church than 40% to Uncle Sam. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. But they will come and get your other 60% if if you don't and probably uh, probably everything else. I know we always talk about. What would you buy if you won the lottery? But I saw something I might actually would invest in. And it's researchers have unveiled the world's fastest clothes folding robot. Sign me up. Finally. What's what's interesting to me? Are there really smart people out there who are wasting away their really impressive brain cells on trying to create in-home machinery? They've got to be Japanese. (laughs) that do the one task that particularly Americans hate doing. The reason I say that, that they've got to be Japanese, is because it it seems like it's a a cultural phenomenon from the Japanese people to create these insane inventions that perform menial tasks or the simplest thing. And they're super complicated. Just overly complicated. Like they have... I know it's probably a joke, but it was it was on the internet. Earrings with little tiny toilet paper rolls so you can wipe your nose or your eyes if you're crying. Like stuff like that. Just craziness. Craziness. This was researchers at the University of California, Berkeley. Doesn't mean that they're not of Asian Japanese descent, <laughs> the researchers. But they unveiled a robot that said that can fold clothes faster than any previous automation. And so this particular robot is named speed folding someone really thought hard about that one <laughs> they spent a lot of time making it they spent a lot of time making it they were really tired by the time the pr team came and said hey it needs to be named speed folding <laughs> it can fold 30 to 40 randomly positioned garments i don't know what that means per hour i guess which means things. you just throw the basket on there and it starts folding versus having to lay it out in a specific way for it to fold. To give you a little reference, the one prior to that compared to only three to six folds per hour, which sounds like my husband. That's his speed. Previous clothing, uh, clothes folding robots. Most of us fall into a camp of, I don't mind washing and drying my clothes. I don't mind doing that. But when it comes to the task of actually folding and then maneuvering said folded into said space it belongs. That timeline, man. Very few get it done within 
comes out of the dryer, gets folded, and gets done. There's a lot listening to good things who are like, yeah, going to the basket every morning for my undies. Need a pair of socks? Go look in the dryer. Where's my shirt, Mom? Check the dryer. Or it's in the clean. It's in the clean basket. (laughs) There's two baskets. We keep the dirty over here. You keep the clean over there. And every now and then you get that little oomph and you're like, okay, this is is ridiculous. I'm on fold clothes. I've come about this close about three different times on the Amazon of buying one of those plastic shirt folders. Have you seen these things? Yes, and I bet it would be more economical than this speed-folding robot. Gotta be. Well, I know it's more economical, but more useful. The only thing that's stopping every time from doing it is because it's, it's like, what, 10 bucks for it at most? But I sit there and look at it and go, I could make that out of a beer box. The thing with that, though, is like the – I'm trying to think, like, in my laundry room, how would Speed Folder 2.0, like, work for your family – you would have to put the, be able to put the basket in front of it, and then it's going to have to be able to sort your clothes. I mean, I don't care if it takes an hour. If I'm not having to do it, I'm out doing other things. You know, you set your dryer on before you go run errands. You can just turn speed folder on, whatever. But my thing is, like, how much space? You're talking about, like, to then now take up where I'm already at. And then it's like, do my does my family really value folded, folded clothes? Enough to warrant bringing a robot in to do it. Maybe if it was Rosie the robot from the Jetsons. But she also cooked. And cleaned. And cleaned. And told jokes. Yes. She felt like part of the family. I don't think the speed folding bot would uh, be all that familial. Jeff and Oxford said, turn the dryer on to shake out the wrinkles every day. Oh, there's a lot who turn it on to wash. And you never get it to the dryer, so then you have to rewash it. And then you dry it. You don't dry it long enough, so you dry it longer. Like, there's a whole process. We're all screwed up when it comes to that. But at least our drawers are clean. Stick with us. More up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalktv.com. Of course, we're always streaming from your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. But the best way to join us each day, or at least stay up with what we're chatting about, is over on the Good Things Facebook group. And today, I noticed it is National Greasy Food Day. As of all the national days, we say that all the time, of course, greasy food would have its day. And I thought, you know what? This is a fun one because it limits, again, the, I guess, the topic or the kind of food. And for most of us, I know some of you probably eat greasy food every day. You shouldn't. Your heart doesn't like it. But for a lot of us, it's a treat. It's right up there with like kind of dessert. Like you'll go in for the greasy stuff every now and then because it just doesn't sit well or it gives you heartburn or, you know, or whatever. You are trying to manage your health in a in a more uh, mindful way. And so it's like if you want or if you're hungover and you just want that like greasy goodness, what are you going for? Hands down, my mama's fried okra. I could eat 
my entire body weight. And it's really not. And the fact is, is hers isn't super greasy, but I mean, it is fried. But fresh garden fried okra, I could just sit there like popcorn and just clear out a whole big pile of it and never feel guilty. That would be that would be my top choice. What would be yours, Rhino? I couldn't decide between two of them, so I, it's a tie for 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 first, for first place. Number one, Mississippi farm raised fried catfish, just good old fried catfish. I Hush wish puppies. I really wish Malone's was still in business just outside of Tupelo because mm-hmm. they had the best catfish. I don't think they're still around anymore. They had a couple fires, but uh, that happens. But the tie with that is something I've only had professionally done by somebody that actually knew what they were doing, not just something I made at home, twice. And both times, it was amazing. And it's called tonkatsu. It's a deep-fried pork cutlet with panko breading on it, and it is delicious, especially with the sauce they put on it. Because the tonkatsu sauce is like a like a Japanese barbecue sauce. And you think of barbecue being sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, usually that sweetness comes from sugar or honey or something. The sweetness from tonkatsu comes from dates and prunes and apples and lots of fruit and stuff that they put into the sauce. And it's delicious. Tonkatsu. There you go. Tonkatsu. We're learning new vocabulary words today. I forgot nothing crazier than greasier, I think he meant to say, than chitlins. Fresh chitlins. They are pretty greasy and tasty. Awards big one combo. Someone also mentioned the blooming onion. How could you forget about the Bloomin' Onion and all of its greasiest goodness. That's another one of those that's really good, but it's set off with its sauce. True. Very Blooming true. Onion without that quasi-spicy sauce in the middle. It's, it's not really spicy. It's a just a mediocre enough. onion ring Yeah. at that point. Josie reminds us beignets. They're pretty greasy. You know, right out, it doesn't necessarily have to be what you're, what you're thinking of. And then some, Mike, Michael said, I don't do a lot of greasy food, so when I do... It's fried chicken, like the good all on the bone. Get in there, clean it to the clean it to the end. Uh, fried chicken, which you know I can get, I can totally get behind that as well. But John said I have a new favorite, which is an oldie, smash burgers. I hear they are pretty greasy. Never had one, so I can't uh, say for myself. But that's usually a staple of greasy things that people enjoy. Here's one: fried dill pickles. I put that in the category of fried okra, except. I feel like you could eat more fried okra than you could fried pickles, but a good fried pickle, man, it's good. I'll, I'll one-up you with fried green tomatoes. Yes. I, you can't eat I don't. wouldn't eat the same quantity. Oh, if you could slice up a whole green tomato and deep fry it, I would eat the whole thing. That's what Jeff said. Fried green tomatoes. A homemade fried hand pie. Either peach or apple. Oh, yeah. That sounds pretty darn good. Walk up to the counter at the convenience store, and you got the fried pies right there by the register wrapped in the saran wrap. You are almost committing a sin to not grab one. Mike says fried cabbage. The bacon fat just runs down your chin and makes your beard twinkle and shine. He sounds like a fried cabbage connoisseur for sure. Onion rings. Do they just not get the respect that they deserve? It depends. It, if you got a good beer battered onion ring, they're they're phenomenal. But if it's greasy, but if you just got a out of the bag frozen onion ring that's been nuked, it, it's it's disappointing usually. 
Jeff and the Delta fried squash. I forgot about fried squash. Yeah, it's pretty good too. Fried eggplant. Look at all of my vegetable eaters. Now they are deep fried. <laughs> Hello, Mississippi. <laughs> but I appreciate you expanding past just the potato realm, which although a good French fry too. You can't really beat that. But it is National Greasy Food Day. If you want to continue the conversation, you can over on the Good Things Facebook group. We'd love to have you there. Let's stick with us. you got more up next. You've got Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow. Not today. Tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.